Welcome inside the lab at Formula 4 Media. I am Bob McGee. And today I am speaking with Ms. Karen Guyberson, President of the Accessories Council, a nonprofit national advocacy group that represents nearly 300 companies in the fashion, footwear, accessory, and jewelry industries. In her role, she oversees event production of industry-related panel discussions and fundraising galas, including the ACE Awards. An active consultant for her keen perception of the fashion retail industry, Ms. Guyberson's retail career began in the executive training program at Macy's and later moved to QVC in numerous roles, including a position as a senior buyer of accessories, footwear, and intimate apparel. Also at QVC, she launched an event marketing division where she created Shoes on Sale and Red Carpet Weekends for the Shopping Network. Uh, good afternoon, Karen. First, maybe you could tell our listeners about your work with the Nonprofit Accessories Council. What does the organization do? What are a few of the major concerns of members that you are hearing or witnessing today? Well, thank you for having me. The The Accessories Council is indeed a not-for-profit trade association that was founded almost 25 years ago. Next year will be our 25th anniversary. And it was founded by members of the industry who were reacting to a time in the mid-90s of a lot of minimalism, fashion, and on the runway. So goal was to get our companies together and find ways to promote our, our businesses and help our companies sell more product. And today we do that by offering a very aggressive series of events that are geared to educate, to mentor, to offer great rate. We do retail introductions, networking events, and of course, as you mentioned, our ACE Awards. We also have a summit, which is coming up on November 15th. That's our all-day education uh, education day for the council. And uh, Karen, let me just ask you, you know, what do you see as the big Biggest issues for the fashion, footwear, accessories, and jewelry segment as we enter the holiday 2018 season. Maybe speaks more specifically to footwear, as many of our listeners are involved there. And are there any specific trade retail issues on the horizon that some maybe not be fully aware of at this point? Well, the biggest challenge that our industry has had, particularly our leather industry, is the China tariff situation. And while at this point it hasn't yet included most footwear, although some categories of footwear could cross into what is experience an increased tariff, make no doubt about it, we anticipate that there could be more. And if there are more tariffs put in place, very likely that other categories such as footwear would be included. So it's something to consider. I'll tell you, it really hit our handbag manufacturers and brands pretty hardly because they didn't have diversified supply chains. And now they're all kind of scrambling to figure out what they're going to do next. So our big companies have the most clout. They can work with the factories. They can set up new distribution models. It's the medium to smaller companies that are having a harder time because they don't have sophisticated sourcing companies or legal teams to to help them. So that would definitely be something that impacted our leather and non-leather bags pretty dramatically and that we're keeping a very close eye on should it you know, should the should the fourth round come out and have it uh, include any of our other categories? Follow up about that, Karen. Has uh, have you seen? Uh, I've seen some of the numbers from the U.S., but have you seen a lot of your uh, participants in the accessory council? You know, land deliveries of uh, products earlier, given the potential of potential tariffs uh, of coming here. Well, you know, the good news is is that a lot of the holiday orders had been received or were received, but because the process was not well organized, calendar point of view. In fact, there was no date of when the tariff would be announced or when it would go in place, it happened very quickly. So from the time that the tariffs were enacted, which was September 24th, and then 
enforced, though enforced in two phases, we only had seven days. So it was impossible to affect all of the deliveries, but certainly some. So in the short term, depending on how one sells their goods, it, you know, if you already have purchase orders and we're delivering it to the store, the wholesaler was the one who's going to take the, the hit. Because, you know, the retailers aren't going to pay more money. In, in the long term, I'm seeing our companies adjust their cost of goods and, uh, you know, ultimately the consumer will pay for it. But, but I don't see that big effect on the consumer level, at least in our categories happening for holidays. I think we're really going to see it for goods that are delivered next spring. Those who are direct sellers uh, are going to feel the pinch sooner. They're going to have to either adjust their prices or they're going to take a hit in their margin. I wanted to ask, you know, given your experience with QVC, how you might see that segment today and going forward as an effective avenue to sell in merchandise, fashion, footwear, and accessories. And has that channel had to, that channels like QVC had to make significant changes due to the rise in e-commerce sales? I mean, I know, I believe um, QVC has an e-commerce arm as well, but have they had to change the way they do business because of the rise in e-commerce and direct selling by vendors? Well, I don't know any retailer that hasn't had to change their business model to, you know, adapt to, not, you know, what's happening on the web and what's happening in mobile. And QVC certainly, while they may not have gotten out of the gate as quickly as others, has a very sophisticated web website. And I think they're really starting to do a good job. It, it certainly is a very viable channel for selling accessories and footwear because of the demonstrability and you know, if you think about the way that the product is presented, it, it's like a little full-length dory on each item. And, you know, particularly for items that have features, benefits, or attributes to them that are not visible on the shelf. We know that in the stores, particularly department stores, it's harder and harder to find service. So, you know, if you have a, a product that's loaded with details or made in a special way, it still remains a very exciting method to tell your story. So, you know, I think that what they're, they're selling has changed over the years, but I think it's a wonderful opportunity for certain categories, certain price points, and certain brands. Follow up to that, you would see that QVC is a viable a viable option for fashion footwear brands, jewelry, and accessories still today, correct? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Particularly uh, in footwear comfort. I would say, you know, the more comfort, the more feature benefit, the, you know, those seem to be the kinds of brands and products the channel does real well with. I see. And that's what I wanted to ask, you know, given your retail experiences and current work, how you see the fashion footwear accessories and jewelry segments navigating, as we just talked about, the brick and mortar e-commerce and other channels, including home shopping, as we prepare to enter 2019. Are there any key trends in any of these categories that you think we should be on the lookout for? Well, we're all paying attention to, you know, what's happening in the athletic world and the spill of even the athletic looks into fashion, whether that's a footwear or a bag, you know, the, the handbag business, what the customer wants has certainly changed. And, you know, we're fighting for, <laughs> we're fighting to be part of the next selfie. So they're fighting with an experience or, you know, going out to dinner. So making sure the products are uh, exciting and compelling and meet, meet with what the customer's you know, looking for at the moment. Okay. And then finally today, Karen, I want to ask you if you could talk to uh, tell our listeners about the Council for Leather Exports India and the Accessory Council's involvement with that group, including the upcoming event in New York City. 
which I believe is in mid-November. Is it a first of its kind, and what does the Indian organization hope to accomplish through this event? Yeah, so several years ago, the Indian government identified 17 business sectors for growth, and amongst that was the leather industry. So the government in India formed a group called the Council for Leather Exports, and that's active promoting the 2,900 factories that are there that make footwear and bags and all sorts of leather products from car seats to saddles. And we are bringing an assortment of 52 factories to New York, and they will show at the Metropolitan Pavilion West on the 13th and 14th of November. And it's a chance to take a look at what India has to offer. You know, they put a lot of money and time into infrastructure into training the factories on how to do business here, into making sure that they have the right certifications to do business here. They know as a country that they don't do as much business here as they probably could or would like to, and they're doing an awful lot to, you know, be an appealing option. And uh, currently in in bags, there is no tariff uh, on goods coming from India, and and shoes, you know, very uh, comparable. I'd say in footwear, their strength is in men's shoes. There's some really nice women's boots that I've been seeing and also uh, women's sandals. Can't say I'd go there for a dress pump, but um, other categories, even safety shoes, there's some, there's some pretty remarkable capabilities. So the so the Indian the Indian organizations the fifty two factories you said that would be representing your event are hoping to perhaps uh, gather some sourcing contacts or and or contracts at this event. Oh, uh, you know, I I think that you know them walking out with orders is a very lofty goal, but I think them walking out with contacts or our companies walking out with new resources or places that they might want to visit or inspect or give them the challenge to do some sampling for them and let them bid on their, you know, production. I think that anybody who attends will be pleasantly surprised at the breadth of products that are there and the great capabilities. Our organization has been working with the CLE now for almost four years. I've personally been to India six times in that period. I've gone to probably 50 or 60 factories. So we've really seen the gamut of extraordinary and can help direct any company that's interested to the best possible factory that will meet their needs based on their price point, their minimums, you know, the inspection, communication expectations just because we've, you know, we've now had the great opportunity to do multiple events with, with this this group. So, so Karen, tell us, where can uh, listeners to this podcast learn more about the Accessories Council and your upcoming event with the Council for Weather Exports India? We have all the information posted on our website, which is accessoriescouncil.org. And you can find information on how to register for the show for India and all of our other events and sign up for our newsletter uh, right right on the website. Well, thank you for your insights today, Karen. I've been speaking with Karen Guyberson, president of the Accessories Council, and you've been listening to Inside the Lab at Full Meal 4 Media. This is Bob McGee.